Hello, and welcome to the Magical Learning Podcast. Today's episode is actually an archived episode that unfortunately we couldn't produce at the time, so it's actually ended up being a bit of a spare. So this is from a little while ago when we just started doing our green rooms. Uh, so listen back to this and you can hear before we started having all our guests on and having a big group discussion that we talked about this topic. Uh, I hope you enjoy. You'll notice the audio quality is quite good as well, so that's a little win as well. Uh, have a magical week. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Magical Learning Podcast. Once again, we're doing a Spotify Green Room, which we're going to try and do at 12.30 Australian Eastern Standard Time every Friday. So if you want to jump on and join our discussion, that's the way to do it. We'd love to have you on, so definitely feel free to join on. As you can tell by the title of this podcast, we're going to be discussing what being an effective leader is and working with your brain to do so. And so with that, I'd like to bring in our... Uh, our expert on the topic, Danette Fenton-Menzies. So, Danette, welcome. Thank you so much, Jez, and hello, everyone, and welcome to this podcast. I'm excited for this discussion. So, Jez, what questions have you got around this? Because I know you've prepared some. Yeah, so I've got some questions that I wanted to ask you. Uh, so, let's start. Hold on one second. Let me just get my questions out. I had them out before, and I've just lost them for some reason. So, uh, I guess with being an effective leader, I think a lot of people have worked for people who are and aren't effective leaders. And I guess what I wanted to ask you today is what traits do you look for in an effective leader? Mm, Great question. Um, Graham has a great um, model that he came up with, with and he calls it the three C's. So, when we're looking at working with leaders who are effective and particularly leaders who are working with their brain, it helps if they're curious. So, they're open to learning and growing because that helps them stay ahead of the curve. So, that's the first C, being curious. The second one is being calm. So, if we want to work best with our brain, then we really need to be good at getting ourselves into that beautiful calm spot. And the third one is courageous because as leaders, there are times when we're going to have to have discussions or make decisions that are going to be difficult. And a really effective leader has to learn to, while being uncomfortable, sit in that space and be courageous. So really, you know, that's I, I like that 3C model um, around being an effective leader. Absolutely. And I think um, with uh, I think the curiosity part of it is really important as well. Uh, working in a stagnant work environment, I found that it, it can that can have a trickle effect down to the morale of people that are working. So I think uh, that part of it is super important. And I, I guess my next question would be, how do you stay curious? Oh, that's a really good question. So I think it's it's understanding that our world is changing so fast. And as a leader, our role, therefore, is to remain open, which means that every day it's looking for new things that you can learn or maybe reading or listening to information that is a different viewpoint to your own. So you're opening up what you have exposed your brain to because every time we learn something new, creates new new neural pathways, which means then we're able to continue to learn and grow and expand our brain. And that's certainly important. You know, if, you, if you're going to be a really good, curious leader, it's really being uncomfortable every day and learning new things. We have a phrase in Magical Learning course, change is uncomfortable equals your growth and I think that uncomfortable is really important because every day we need to be growing 
And and is there is there any way um, when you're entering a, a business or if you're looking at a business from the outside in, do you find that there's a way to be able to, to tell if a business contains any of the three C's just looking in or is it more something that you may have to meet the people to look into, do you think? Actually, really good question. So I think it's a little bit of both. So looking in, you can see whether people are curious because they'll ask questions. They'll be willing to have those difficult conversations, which is the courageous part. And when there's pressure, people are practising skills to remain calm. So I think sometimes looking in, you can see And, you know, when I walk into organisations where they've created great culture, so the leaders have, you know, worked on creating really collaborative environments, what I see is there's often um, a lot of that collaboration. There's laughter in teams because when there's pressure, they're supporting each other. They know they've got each other's backs, whereas the opposite is also true. So in some organisations people will be blaming people below them and you're not taking any responsibility that may be part of the issue is them. And that's fairly clear sign that perhaps they're not as open to exploring whether they've caused part of the problem or not. And that's sort of the opposite to that curiosity, isn't it? Yeah, that's really interesting. I, I think, um, well, so I guess it sounds like an effective leader creates a, a positive work environment that uh, er, er, that makes you kind of want to go to work and therefore is, you know, as work is a big part of many people's life, it's a positive sort of life or almost skill for uh, people. Is, is um, uh, what am I trying to say here? I guess, how, <laughs> how um, maybe I'll come back to my thought on that one. Let's go to, to my next prepared question. Um, Cause I'm trying, I feel like I have a good question, but the phrasing isn't there yet. Um, okay. so, uh, <laughs> well, uh, what, what are some skills that people can train themselves on to become an effective leader? If they a already are, if they're just starting out or if they're maybe someone who through listening to this realizes they may not be the most effective leader. Great question, Jess. And first of all, I'd just like to point out that what you just did is a really good leadership trait. So it's okay to say, oh, I'm not, I haven't got that phrasing quite right yet. Can I come back to that? So it's that ability to go, you don't need to be perfect. You don't need to know everything at the, at, in a moment. It's okay to take a pause and, you know, come back to questions and stuff like that. So that willingness to be vulnerable, to be humble is a really great leadership trait trait and skill some some other ones um, that I absolutely think as as leaders we need to always build are our adaptability skills so the ability to be able to to change when the world around us changes there's a um, a lovely book by um, Nicholas no, I've said his name wrong. But the book's called Anti-Fragile. And he talks about, you know, when stress happens often with people, we break. So we, we don't handle it particularly well. Whereas anti-fragile is learning to get stronger under pressure. So it's practicing skills such as meditation and mindfulness to be able to calm ourselves down when we are under pressure. Some other skills are being able to be strategic. So trying to create, 
you know, what's the next step for our organisation in order to value add in the environment with which we work? Obviously, people skills are super critical um, and part of that is creating those great cultures that we were just talking about. And that means our cultures need to be inclusive. So they're getting the best out of every single employee because they honour those um, the diversity in our employees our people and actually understand that that's where our greatest strengths come from. A couple of other ones I'd say is obviously communication skills, the ability to be creative, innovative, open to change, having a growth mindset, so constantly learning and growing. And the other one I think is really important is energy management. So a lot of leaders don't look after themselves particularly well, so they can go hard for a while, but then they run out of steam and it's not sustainable. So I also think that whole self-care side of things is really important. The other thing, Jez, that I think is really important is our attitudes as leaders. So we need to have that whole lifelong learning attitude. So any moment where, you know, maybe we're commuting or we're standing in a line, if you're allowed out in public, you know, we have the opportunity to learn through listening to things such as podcasts like the Green Room ones, um, listening to audio books, reading a book, watching a video, Taking time to journal and reflect, I think, is also really important if we want to grow as leaders because every day we're going to learn something and we can reflect whether it's working for us or not. I think something that also is really an important leadership behaviour is learning to become really focused on what's super important. So rather than getting busy and being distracted, it's actually what are the important things that I need to do as a leader? And often that's around growing your people. And the last little bit I'd say around that is being kind and compassionate to yourself and others. And that includes making sure that you do regular self-care to be able to be sustainable as a leader. Wow, that's a that's a lot of very helpful things. So well done. <laughs> um, I was wondering with this um, sort of uh, some of what I'm hearing, it almost sounds like a uh, like it, it might be a core feature of some businesses based on their sort of uh, like business. Uh, God, I'm really struggling today with trying to phrase things, but uh, um, their sort of core statement and stuff like that, I think also uh, is sounds like it's highly important because I think, because even last night we were watching a TV show that was sort of about uh, a business that was primarily set up to make you super rich and that was the whole function of the business regardless of how it treated its employees was kind of the thought of it. And I wonder, uh, yeah, and I wonder, that obviously sounds like kind of the exact opposite of what we're looking for. So if you are, and I mean, you know, obviously most businesses, profit's a good part of the business if you can make it work. But is there a way to make it sort of, how can you, I guess, pivot a little bit so that uh, you're, you know, while you may be business focused, you also still, if you have a business that's sort of uh, profit focused, is there a way to pivot a little bit more to make it more uh, team based and, and stuff like that? Mm, actually, it's really good um, question, Jez. And a couple of points on that one. So one of the things that leaders often don't realise till they get right up the top, so say CEO of their organisation or chairman on the board and stuff like that, is that a lot of people think that leadership is about power. So they, you know, the higher they are up, 
they've got lots of power and that allows them to control people. People are not actually really easy to control and, in fact, it's a really wrong focus from my perspective. One of the things that someone shared with me many years ago is that leadership is hard because actually the higher up you are in an organisation, the more you rely on others to do things. So if you have that whole task focused and you're using people and you're not really appreciating those people and being inclusive, you're leaving a whole stack of talent on the table because you can't do everything yourself. So you need to bring out those talents in others in order to create a really great organisation. And in fact, I'd say they're leaving quite a lot of profits on the table. And for me, the profit is important because you need to be able to run a business. The bigger importance for me is that whole impact um, side of things. So if you want to have great impact and and leave a a memory in your clients and also your team's mind about the organisation you created, then it's thinking about how do we draw out those strengths of our people and make sure that they are you know, we have an inclusive culture. And, you know, let me share something that I read recently in a book um, that sort of goes to this as well. When we focus on the tasks, um, we, particularly if we're under pressure, we tend to become task-focused. So we lose our people skills. But we also, because our brain, when we become really pressured, tends to move to the threat part of our brain, which is the fight, flight or freeze part of our brain. We actually not only do our role worse, we tend to miscommunicate more, we have poorer judgment, we make poorer decisions and we have less people skills, all of which you need as a great leader to keep your organisation moving forward at a really good rate. Because the moment you have miscommunication, maybe because you snapped at someone um, and, you know, miscommunication and a whole stack of other things if you've snapped at someone, that actually then creates a lot of waste of time, etc. And it lowers trust in the organisation, which again means people aren't bringing their full selves to work. Now, in the book I was talking about, I didn't name it. I've got it uh, also just quickly. Um, I've got the, the name of it is Anti-Fragile, The Things That Gain From Disorder by... Nassim Nicholas Taleb. Oh, thank you for that one, Jess. I've got another one now. So the, this this other one I was reading this week was it's called The Leader's Guide to Unconscious Bias by Pamela Fuller and Mark Murphy and Anne Chow. And they talk about when um, we you know, are busy as leaders, there's a couple of bias traps that um, we can get into if we're not aware. And so I thought it would be helpful to share these with some of our listeners for them, again, to think about how do I not fall into these bias traps and end up not getting the best out of my people? The first one is when we're busy, we often feel like we've got information overload. And so we reach for the first bit of information that confirms what we already think rather than looking broader. And again, this is where having a diverse team can be really helpful because you can get those different insights. Sometimes to... Um, People become either really, when under pressure, really feelings-based or they become really facts-based. And if you've got a team member or a leader who's one or the other feelings or facts-based, they tend to rub people that are the opposite the wrong way. And again, we don't get a great outcome. 
And the last um, bias trap they talked about in this book was the need for speed. So sometimes leaders go, oh, it's got to be done now. And it's like, well, is that really true? Maybe if we slowed down just a tiny bit, we'd actually get a much better outcome. So it's even learning about things like biases because apparently we have more than 180 biases so that's a huge amount so as a leader learning a little bit and thinking about how can I mitigate or reduce or completely lose that bias by growing my awareness and growing my skills so and I think we're in organizations where they don't they focus more on the money and not the people you're likely to see they're not um, sustainable longer term because they're really not getting the best out of their people. Just a long-winded answer, hey. <laughs> no, that was that was really good. It's it's made me think of a lot of things. I think some of what it uh, reminds me of is you've um you've talked a little bit about the in the past, not on this podcast, but in the past about the company Zappos. Um, and I think it, from what you're saying, it does sound like that's an environment that uh, has good leadership and you can kind of see it from the outside. I was just wondering if there's a, if there's potentially a way to talk about that at all, if your experience with that and if that relates. Yeah, absolutely. So we went um, and did a tour of Zappos. And for those who don't know about Zappos, was created by a gentleman called Tony Shea, who unfortunately passed away last year. But he had this idea about creating an online shoe um, selling organisation, which was later on bought out. Um, but what he his philosophy was about creating happiness, and he in fact wrote a book about that as well. And all of the customer service was about making sure that the clients were happy, and all of the business was about making sure that his people were happy, so they could deliver happiness to their um, clients. And he deliberately looked at the culture, worked on the values with his people, and the workplace was fun. There was lots of laughter. We went when it was Halloween, and in the foyer they had. A coffin which had which had a sign on it saying "Here lies the bad bosses," and I thought that was funny because it was just saying, you know, that's not the behaviour we want here. Which, you know, and that organisation, you know, online shoe sales, lots of competitors, but they stood out because they created that beautiful culture by being inclusive and you know, growing great leaders. Wow. Yeah, that's it, it. It sounds really good. And I think, you know, even working at Magical Learning, I, I feel like I see a lot of that, uh, even if we are doing remote learning and we can't do the, the Halloween dress ups and stuff, there is a lot of the, um, the, the business does make me feel very like looked after and cared for, um, which is, I think, really positive. So that's why I, I like working here anyway. Um, I, I guess my last, oh, so yeah, sorry. <laughs> my, my, my last uh, prepared uh, question was what are some signs of some ineffective leaders and I think or even what do ineffective leaders look like I think you've answered it a little bit but um, maybe just a little bit more of a direct uh, answer to that one would be cool yep great question Jez so um one of the things you'll often see, because one of the things we know from the brain science is that um, our people look to the leader in, you know, and this comes back from tribal days and back, you know, when we were cave people, where if the leader walked in and the leader was calm, 
the tribe would be calm too. But if the leader came in and they were a bit, you know, stressed and freaked out, it would become each person for themselves because it wasn't a safe environment. And so one of the things that I know is that leaders create the tone. So if there is a problem, as a leader, um, we need to look at what have I done to create part of this problem or maybe I've created all of the problem and I'm not aware. What I see in organisations where leaders haven't developed that maturity yet so it is something that absolutely can be developed. They'll believe that the issue is someone else and they'll blame other people um, and they won't look to grow themselves. They won't question their part in it. They'll just say, well, that person needs to be fixed or that team needs to be fixed rather than going, okay, we need to work together to work out what am I contributing, what are others contributing to this issue and how do we solve it together? So they don't own their part in it, which is, you know, you'll, you'll see behaviours like, blaming, you know, they'll gossip about others and stuff like that, all saying, I don't expect, I don't accept responsibility. And really, at the end of the day, the leader is the person who should be accepting responsibility and also empowering their people when they do great stuff and praising their people when they do great stuff. I also tend to see that... um, you know, for example, if they're bringing us in to do some training, it's, it feels more like they just want to tick a box rather than actually put a solution in place that's going to work longer term. So that means that there's often more time investment on their behalf to make sure that, you know, that whatever comes in sticks longer term for their people. And I think a big part of this is that fixed mindset versus the growth mindset that Carol Dweck talks about. So they just believe this is who I am, I can't really change. And part of that too, I think, is that they're busy being busy and this is no judgment here. It's really that they stop them looking after themselves and with that lack of self-care, they're working more in the fight and flight part of their brain rather than the thinking part of their brain. The other thing um, that comes from that is that they then tend to be more reactive rather than responsive. So an effective leader will take a breath, will, you know, say, look, hey, I need some help, I need some support, or I need some time to think about this. Whereas when someone's not so effective um, and they show that what we call leadership immaturity, so they're not quite willing to, you know, go, I need to take a break, they'll lash out, they'll be more reactive. In that instance, um, the impact they have on others is really not great. So, and they often won't apologise because they're probably not even aware of the impact they're having because they are more stressed and they are more reactive. And one of the things I often see is they value their, um, themselves, their, their, part in what's happening in the workplace rather than recognising that it's a team effort. So you tend to hear a lot more I, me versus us and we in the language. And really at the end of the day, we rely on everyone else to help us get to where we are. We can't be successful without others. And I think part of that is also that valuing of um, IQ and technical skills over the emotional intelligence skills. And yet we know, and there's been a lot of studies, that emotional intelligence skills rely, um, you know, 
create most of the leadership success. And in fact, Harvard had a um, video I was watching recently where they said it accounts for about 90% of a leader's success when they get up to the top of an organisation. So it really is starting to go, okay, it's uncomfortable. I don't know. I'm good at IQ. I'm smart technically, but I'm not good at people. Well, now I have to grow and learn to be good at people. And you know, that's, that's a vulnerable space for a lot of leaders and they don't necessarily like that space. And yet if they want to be effective, they have to sit there. Wow. Well, um, I think that's pretty much all our time. Uh, thank you to everybody that joined in in the room and thank you, Danette, for all these great insights. I think this has been a really good one. Uh, I just wanted to run through a couple more things for people that are listening at home. Well, actually, first, uh, do you have any sort of final words on this? Yeah, I've actually got a great quote that sort of goes with why we do need to work on our people skills and be inclusive. And this is by Bill Nye. And he talks about everyone you will ever meet knows something you don't. And I think as a leader, that's where we need to have that open growth mindset and realise that our people know stuff we don't. And therefore, if we want to be really effective in our organisations, we have to include and bring in those diverse views of our people. So I hope that's helpful, Jess. Yeah, that's perfect. Thank you. So uh, with that, I'd like to say thank you very much for being on the podcast. Uh, And here's just a little bit of uh, housekeeping for people that want to know. Our next one will be on uh, Friday at 12.30 Australian Eastern Standard Time. We'll be talking about the power of curiosity, asking questions to adapt and learn. Uh, But I've gone ahead and also just worked out that if you are on the West Coast of America, which is where a lot of our listeners are, that will be 7.30 p.m. on Thursday. So uh, this coming Thursday, that's when our green room will be. If you want to jump in, join the conversation, we'll be talking about curiosity. So I'm sure you'll have a lot to say on that one as well. So thank you very much, Jeanette. Thank you, Jez. Have a magical rest of the week. Thank you for listening to the Magical Learning Podcast. I really hope you enjoyed this. As you heard, this is on Spotify Greenroom. And if you want to join us next week, feel free. We will be putting the topics on our social media. So if you follow us on Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, Facebook, you'll find out all the details you need about us. Beyond that, we hope you have a magical week. And if you need anything, uh, feel free to follow us on those uh, different social medias. And you'll find that uh, we are often giving stuff away for free as well. Until next time, from all of us here at Magical Learning, have a magical week.